Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam Presents, the 2023 podcast Tenkaichi. My name is Jeremy. <laughs> I'm 138 mil locked and loaded. I don't even know if that's a thing. Hi, I'm Tyler. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My name is Zach. You came up with a dumb idea. I had to give it a dumb name. <laughs> I know, but I didn't expect you to go there, and it was great. Yeah, Where Tenkai else would Yishu I go? Pretty good. <laughs> Where else? The Budokai podcast doesn't sound right, even though it's way more accurate. Uh, the greatest thing on treads? That's just this episode. Oh, that's fair. Zach, what did you make us watch? <laughs> so, I made us watch a show that I actually have a lot of fondness for. I would not say it's like the best show in the world. But it's fun, so I went with Girls and Panzer because it's one big te- it's one big tournament arc. You you've described this to me before and made me watch a fairly amusing dub, and it, it I've never been sold on this until I watched the intro, and then like the opening animation made me realize that the animators realize how dumb this premise is, and now I am sold on it. So I mean, it's just a fun little series. I think I showed you the one that was like the Swedish polka thing from the movie. Can you give us a 30-second synopsis of what this show is about? So, Girls in Panzer is a show about a bunch of girls who are in the after-school club of, I think the Japanese is Sen Shado, but the English translates it as tankery, so they compete driving World War II-era tanks and shooting at each other. With live ammo. With live ammunition that is used with an emphasis on the participant's safety. (laughs) And when when a tank is hit and knocked out, it pops the little flag. So, our main character has been co-opted into running basically the the uh, main character's school's tank club because they have to win or else the school will be shut down so they've entered into this tournament. Yeah, who I have dubbed Tank Girl Prime, and uh, the only other one I remember is Tank Girl with surprisingly deep voice. So uh, Sauri is the only character's name that penetrated my brain on two watchings of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so the main, the main character is Miho Nishizumi, and in this episode she is squaring off against the leader of the Effectively, the German school, which is Maho Nishizumi. Her sister? Yes, her sister. That, and she used to go to this school previous to this series Did starting. she get expelled for being she too She left because she, basically, <laughs> her backstory is she left because at one point her team lost the last year when she was in charge of running the flag tank because she got out of her tank to help someone out of a tank that was sinking. Like, it was underwater. Well, all these girls die anyway, so... <laughs> they're super... Like, if you want to actually break it down, they're all dead. Maybe Sauri survives. I don't know. I feel like drifting a tank would not murder you, depending on what the seatbelt conditions of a tank Sayori is the, uh, the comms, comms person, person. Right? Yeah. Mako is their driver, who is perpetually asleep. Hana is the uh, gunner. Who is very Genki, is her personality trait, as far as I can tell. No, that's Sayori. Yukari is their loader, and she's very ganky. Okay, that no, that that makes more sense. The gunner also seemed she was the one that was like, "Take this, my love, my anger, and all of my sorrow." Kinda, seemed... but she also has the line, "No, one shot, one kill." Yeah, she, I was to say she was mostly deadpan the entire time. Uh, so Zach decided we we're going to watch episode twelve of this twelve-episode anime, <laughs> the battle we can't back down from. You can watch it along on High Dive. You. It is badly organized, but there's generally nothing wrong with the service that I've used so far. It was very difficult to watch this episode for me. Uh, that's all I'll say. I had to Google it like 12 times. If you Google Girls in Panzer streaming, Crunchyroll comes up three times before High Dive. Yeah, it used and to be Crunchy hosted Roll- on Crunchyroll yeah. at some point, I think, right? Uh, because But they took it off of there because it's a Sentai property. Yeah, Sentai made an exclusive deal with High Dive, and so, you know, now we have two anime streaming services. Well, they- I can't see how this will go wrong. They took it off of there because Funimation bought Crunchyroll, 
And Sentai is in direct competition for home distribution with Funimation. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense to be giving your primary competition access to your properties. Yeah, your catalog. So... So yeah, we watched it. You can watch along if you want. Maybe you could watch the first 11 episodes too, and then you'd know what was going on, which would give you a leg up on two-thirds of the podcast. Jeremy, I had to do it because, as we all know, context is my greatest enemy. That is true. I would recommend it. This is a fun series. So we start with a tank that's upside down. Two tanks that are upside down. That's true. One is a duck tank. And one's like, how is that a mouse? That's not a mouse at all. It's so big. It's a Stug and a uh, Charby are the two tanks that are upside down. So that helps one of our listeners, maybe? Hey, I'm going to go into it whenever it comes up. So the uh, enemy team exposits, they have still have 16 tanks, but the other team only has five. Because they have never heard about anything about leveling the playing field. Well, I mean, yeah. The it, Americans have like 40 tanks in their episode. It's like Hinata's backstory in Haikyuu, where his middle school volleyball team didn't have enough players to field the volleyball team. But the enemy commander is like, all that matters is we take out the flag tank. I think the main context problem you have here is that it keeps cutting back to the uh, the British school people here, and they keep expositing. They're yeah, not are doing they a just good job watching? Or? Yes, they're okay. just watching. Commander British is like, uh, it's not Valor that will win. It's risking their life. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> is what that is- not Valor? She has weird sayings. So they're up against a mouse, which is basically a bunker on treads. It's a big tank. They have light tanks, and... A medium tank or two uh, medium They've got tanks. a couple of medium tanks in there. I think the Tiger is technically a heavy tank. Anyway, it's doing that anime thing where all of their firepower bounces off it. They try to hide behind a banana stand, <laughs> and it is promptly destroyed. It's like a statue that it just blows away. They run away. There's always explosives in the banana shack. <laughs> I do not like the way the tanks look in this series. They are so obviously CGI. It, it is my biggest pet peeve in animation, and it seems to be this entire series. I mean, that's fair, but... Like, I can tell, but it doesn't bug me at all, so... There are some shots of the main commander on the tank when it's CGI that I'm like, oh, gods. (laughs) Her body has been (laughs) severed. So they got uh, another tank following behind the mouse that takes a stray shot and gets knocked out. Uh, You know, inverse tank ninja rule, but they cannot defeat the mouse. It's got too many hit points and too high an armor class. It's got way too high of an armor because it is literally built to be a bunker on treads. You need at least a tank gun plus one, and they can't even afford enough tanks to field, so. I think its coaxial gun is the same caliber as the Type 89's main gun, but I can't remember. I like comms girls, like, reading a book on tank data. And is like, it's just a tank on a tank. And for some reason, this gives Commander Girl the idea to put a tank on the tank. Miho. She's she, like, oh. She puts, a, she, she puts a tank on a tank and then puts a tank on that tank. And she's like, all right, turtles and ducks, you're my cannon father. I'm going to give you some directions. Well, I mean, one's a Hetzer, so it's literally just a ramp. And the other's a Type 89. So if it gets knocked out, who the fuck cares? It's a crappy Japanese tank. So they line up all five tanks in a row. That's not dangerous. And have a standoff with the mouse. Yeah, and then the, the Mario Kart Go light starts going for them. <laughs> duh, duh. The turtle gets the boost because it presses <laughs> A at the right time. So it goes first. Charges ahead. Dodges a shot from the main cannon and engages ramming speed. Yeah, and just runs underneath the mouse and lifts it up. They're lucky that their uh, gunner didn't reload fast enough. Well, I mean... That has got to be a heavy-ass shell. If it's like the KV-2, it comes in two parts. So, ignoring physics, or maybe the t- turtle is just really, really bottom-heavy, they managed to get under the mouse. 
So then the other tanks make it turn its gun by firing at them, getting them to turn. And the ducks go up the turtle like a ramp onto the mouse to block its turret from turning back to the front. And just kind of sit there. I love this because uh, some of the girls in the mouse get up and they're like, hey, get the hell off of us. And we're like, nah, never Don't mind. Wanna. Besides, like, it's a, it's a, it's not a light, it's a medium tank. <laughs> and she's like, sounds like you didn't min-max. Anyway, the turtle is being caved in on. All these girls are dead, crushed by the weight of the mouse. <laughs> Apparently, it's sad. Prote- the interior surfaces are protected by something. They're protected by plot, is what they're protected by. Uh, so the main character's tank gets the high ground, and the fight is over, because the mouse can't move, and they have the high ground. To protect the uh, the armor. The unarmored, uh, like, vents in the back of the tank. The yeah, girls exhaust. and the turtle start trying to hold up the tank as it is bowing in, as if that would not get them killed faster. <laughs> so they uh, aim the shot for the slits in the back, then what I have called the corpse flag pops out <laughs> to indicate that all the people inside the tank are now corpses. So uh, second-in-command antagonist lady, whose name I actually do not know, uh, it's like, they killed the mouse. How- why are they so far out? Uh, because originally they chased the main characters up a hill. <laughs> and then they ran. The main characters ran back down the hill. Well, because most of the tanks that are in use by the uh, by the antagonist guys here are heavy tanks. Okay, so they don't have Mario Kart speed like the main characters' <laughs> tanks. Well, kinda. Every tank in this series moves faster than it's real than it reasonably should. So the turtle gets out from under the mouse and goes far further than it should before popping its corpse flag. <laughs> its engine is dead. Do they so do the st- comment on it. It's amazing we made it that far. So the student council is out of action. That's who these people are. <laughs> the student council. And they entrust their feelings to the tank commander to <laughs> win the ga- day for them. Behold! So the both sides have four tanks if you add ten to the enemy side. Apparently anglerfish in Japanese is a goosefish. I don't know if it's in, if it's just a weird translation to English, but it's goosefish in, in Japanese, yeah. So the plan is that the goosefish slash the anglerfish is going to get a one-on-one with the enemy flag team at Baron, and they'll win. Part of the plan is also that they're going to use their one heavy tank as a barricade. So, well, we don't know that yet, but yes. Yeah, they, they do a bunch of, like, techno babble breakdown of here's all the plans. Uh, they, they then pretty much just do exactly this, so. It's just one of those things where fi- seeing what they do with the information is, because, like you said... They do kind of exactly what they say the plan is, which is weird that the plan actually works because it's on screen. <laughs> I mean, like I said, they don't give us details, right? They just say, you're going to distract them. They don't say, you're going to turn in circles until you're behind them. <laughs> and they're not like, our one heavy take is going to jam the way. Apparently, a goosefish is a type of anglerfish. So that would make sense. We just don't have more words for that in English that people are familiar with, I think. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, so anyway, they go to the city. Field four, city. Well, they've been in the city since they uh, you, since they're dealt with the mouse. You're right. They go to city 4.5, suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> and lead these heavy tanks on a wild goosefish chase. Yeah, as, uh, so they're chasing them through like the uh, back alleys, suburbs. They all turn off at different points, which is the plan originally, to draw off different tanks. They're really lucky that none of them just shot at them down the straight alleys. I mean, hitting anything from a moving tank, one of these type of tanks would be really actually pretty hard because none of them have like the electronic stabilization that we have in modern day tanks. Uh, so the rabbit takes gun is not very effective. One of its guns is not very effective. It has two of them. So they enact their ultimate strategy that they created last night, super strategy, which is three rights make a left and also we're behind you. 
Yeah, so the... Didn't you say that they were watching an episode of Hogan's Heroes? I think it's an episode of Hogan's Heroes, where this basically happens. So the M3 Lee gets up behind the uh, the elephant self-propelled gun. I and then they murder all the girls inside. Yeah, because they can't pierce its armor, so they just attack its shell deposit spot. Like, that's probably made of uranium, right? <laughs> yeah, so they put, I think it's the 30 millimeter and the 75 millimeter into the back of the tank, and it pops its corpse flag. Although I guess one of them lived because they were able to report that they died. Mm-hmm. So we can see that uh, the flag tank is managing to chase the other flag tank, while the Type 89 makes itself a nuisance. That's is... basically its entire purpose at this point, right? Well, that's basically all it can do in the first place. Like, even in real life, this thing was terrible. It has incredible handling, though. It's <laughs> slow down and speed up. My God. It's like the Toad of Mario Kart. Yeah, or... it's like Dominic Toretto is the pilot of this tank, right, Zach? <laughs> Dominic <It doesn't>... Toretta. <laughs> how, do you ter- how do you Japanify Toretto? Well, he doesn't drift, so... No, no, that's that's the American guy in Tokyo Drift. Oh, right, right. Just like the rabbit manages to stop not quite on a dime to avoid walking into a trap with another tank. So they're stuck going just backwards down this alleyway. With 128 millimeters in their face that will murder all of these poor girls. (laughs) So they decide to cling to it so that they are inside the barrel and it can't be fired at. I mean, smart move. Yeah, it's like fighting a guy with a longsword. And they come up with the amazing plan of, okay, let's turn at the last second and they'll go off the edge. Again, we're maneuverable enough to do that in a tank, right? Well, if you knew it was coming, most I think a tank could pull that off. So they try, get blasted, and the Lee is out, but the Yogg Panzer goes over the edge and flips over. Yeah, and the corpse flags apparently know what direction is top at all times. <laughs> I do like, yeah, it does come out of the bottom of the tank, which is facing up after this. And the other hilarious. one comes out of the side. Sarah is like, are any of you hurt? And they're all like, miraculously, we're all okay. I mean, we all have the worst concussions you can imagine, <laughs> but... Jeremy, I, I told you, they addressed this. It's because they're using live ammunition with an emphasis on, like, participant's safety. Oh, I forgot. This is one of my favorite uh, notes that I took, is when they were chasing them around in circles, three rights make a murder. <laughs> so, Miho, the flag tank, leads them into, like, a one-way-in apartment complex, which is then blocked off, as I said before, with their one heavy tiger tank. Yeah, after the enemy flagship gets in first. So now they're 1v1. At Baron. Yeah. 1v1, Baron. sister re sister. Because she's taking advantage of her sister's petty pride. <laughs> Which causes us not to get an eye catch. Hello, Franz and other Leafly brethren, and welcome to our podcast, Tenkaichi, the one where there are girls in tanks. That's pretty much the entire premise of this show. Um, Anyway, in case you missed it at the beginning of the episode, we're doing a three-part interlude between this and our next Gundam series, like we normally do. Zack chose tournament arcs because that's a lot of what Gundam Build Fighters is. And yet somehow, Gundam Build Fighters a lot better than most of these other tournament arcs. Anyway, uh, speaking of, I will have posted in the description of this episode a link to our questions, comments, etc. channel for our Gundam Build Fighters wrap-up episode. We will be recording that in a couple weeks as of the posting of this episode. So you still have a little bit of time to get your questions, comments, desires, whatever in... Um, really, it's just kind of a grab bag of whatever y'all want to talk about. Historically, it is only nominally themed around the series that we're actually wrapping up. 
So whatever you feel like getting on air, now is the time to do that. And with that, let's drop the final bombshell on Girls in Panzer. Are you ready? Fight! Uh, meanwhile, Heavy Take is just sort of blocking a door, taking advantage of collision physics. I mean, I kind of like this, taking advantage of the fact that they have to get a truck to move the tank. It's not a bad idea. It does make the other flag tank look pretty dumb. Uh, and the second in command is like, wait until we get there, Commander. But she's like, no, I have my pride. I have to defeat my sister, who is nice. She wasn't expecting the tiger tank to have a mushroom. Dwan, dwan, dwan. <laughs> to get in there before the rest of her guys could follow her in. So they start, like, jousting? Circling each other. This is where the CGI, in my opinion, looks really bad. There's some suburbs in this apartment complex, so that's good for them. I guess club buildings. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what the plan is. I think it's to try and get behind them. Yeah, I assume that's what it would be. Yeah, I'll the Goosefist is using its superior maneuverability. It's not a whole lot faster. But uh, Maho figures it out and blasts part of the uh, apartment p- building. I kind of missed her name the first time you said it. It's Maho and Miho? Yes. God damn it. That's the part where it's supposed to come up. You said yeah. it wasn't well telegraphed. She mentions HE shells. She yeah, does, I... but we should see the shot go through the apartment and the rubble fall before they come to it. That's how you tell this story. Because it actually, in I the never still had a to me, with it. it looks like it's a gap, not like the rubble has just fallen on top of it. It looks because, like rubble to me. Because we no now now that I know what it is, I see that. But because we only see it from this top angle, I thought it was like a gap in the road. Okay, I never had an issue with it. I just didn't understand why they drove into the obvious dead end alley, and now I now I know. But anyway, uh, Miho realizes what's happening fast enough to get the goosefish to back up into the other tank before it kills them. Uh, meanwhile, the Type 89 is still fighting. Again, going backwards with the maneuverability of a mobile suit. Uh, no, it's moving. It's actually driving forward. It's just got its tank reversed. Okay, its it turret just, is backwards. I said it's turret fully reversed. I guess that makes sense. So um, Maho is blowing little bits of armor off of Miho's tank. As the goosefish does a barrel roll, but does not do it all the way. And the tiger is just getting absolutely wrecked. Which was the plan, to be fair. It does get a few shots back in, but I don't think it takes out any tanks. It actually just missed all the shots. It was just shooting at nothing. Then the corpse flag pops up. But uh, it's still blocking the one way in because it can't move anymore. So they have to get a truck out to tow it away. The girls are very helpful. Like, ah, take your time, Mr. Truck Coon. I'm (laughs) sure you have lots of protagonists to kill before you get here anyway. No, that's a different uh, that's a different truck. Are you sure? Yes, because it's a tow truck that is... uh, that is coming for them. It's the it's a box truck that is the right. uh, isekai maker. You are right. So we see the two sisters giving orders on top of their tanks, but there's no dialogue here, which I've always kind of liked when series do that. I don't know why. I imagine they're just yelling, drive in circles, shoot them. They do just keep changing fire anytime there's a gap in building and then skid to stops in the plaza when they get back. With a, uh, there's like a plinth in the middle. So they can't actually shoot at each other, but they can glare at each other past it. So the Porsche Tiger calls and is like, hey, they're just like driving over us, so you're going to have company. So the commander is like, all right, we got to defeat them right now then. Uh, you need to reload just a little faster, Miss Reloader. <laughs> and uh, the gunner is like, you need to give me a half a second of when we stop. To shoot. Like, Mako, can you go as fast as you can and pull around to their rear and, like, bring the blue sparks? And she's like, we are in a tank. The track will snap. <laughs> but she's like, it's fine. This is the end either way. And she's like, all right. I'll, I would also point out that their, uh, pil- their, their 
pilot driver what do you call the person who driver okay the the driver definitely sounds like eeyore so <laughs> she does, i love mako she doesn't give me eeyore vibes i get what you're saying she's definitely an archetype she sounds to me more like just the stoic girl anime character archetype she is perpetually sleepy so we cut the live tv where all of the defeated girls are watching um, I, I made the comment while we we're recording this that they all look like Tails characters. One of them is wearing cat ears and a monocle uh, for some reason. Would you believe that that character has only actually been around for two episodes? Yes. <laughs> uh, on a scale from one to Megami, how Chumbayo is she? Uh, very? <laughs> okay. Their tank is introduced for this one last like tournament because it's a two-episode thing. And uh, they're the first ones to get wiped out. So anyway, the commander talks about how they messed up in the previous fight that we didn't watch, but this time they'll surely succeed with that experience. Anyway, well, they, they did start... the same thing in the pre- in that previous fight. They tried to skid around behind them and missed. Anyway, they start tankio drifting <laughs> and presumably snap the tread. Yeah, no, they show you the the wheels come off and the tread snap, but <laughs> they slide around presumably at like eighty miles an hour. They were going behind the uh, Maho's tank and fire. Point blank. Into like a fuel canister Both shots go off. And yeah, I think those are like fuel canisters on the back. There is Vegeta smoke covering both of them, of course. We see it on the TV. And slowly it reveals both tanks, one of which just took some cosmetic damage and one of which has been blasted through and all the girls inside are dead. Including Miho's sister. No, luckily she's on top, not inside. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, she's standing on top of She just lost her ankles, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And their corpse flag has come out. Therefore, the good girls win. Despite having no operational tanks. <laughs> uh, that's what we call a Necron's victory. <laughs> so we get a, we get shots of pretty much everybody we've seen in the uh, series celebrating. Except for Maho, who is stoically going to shake hands. And uh, Miho can't believe it. She's like, that was a stupid plan. I can't believe it worked. To be fair, she's kind of been that way for all of her plans. God damn all of her kohai, and there are so many kohai. <laughs> there are so they're, many. they're not all kohai. Some of them are actually the same age. Actually, anyway, I think there's only six of them that are younger than All she of her Koai and Koheads. <laughs> they, yeah, they get mobbed by like 20 girls. It's one of those flaws that you run into with this kind of thing because every tank has a crew. It's why so, Gundams are all one-seaters. Well, that's also why uh, I've said uh, off the mics, like each tank basically has its uh, archetype. Like basically there are four people in the Type 89, but they all basically have the same personality. They're basically one person. So the commander stumbles out, her ankles broken from standing in the top of this <laughs> drifting tank for this entire battle. Her legs turn to jelly as they thank their tank for its service. And the student council is like, hey, remember how the stakes were? This is footloose rules and we were going to lose the school if we lost the tank battle. Thanks for saving the school. We did it. And the most stoic one starts bawling her eyes out. Where do they get the funding? Like, what? why was the school closing? Why was this? Why was because they were. This? Like running out of funding, they didn't have enough students or something. I can't remember exactly the reason, but well, they who's were running... giving the money because they won a tank fight. <laughs> uh, the idea is that people will now not want to do that because they're the champions. So uh, it government would look bailout. Bad. Also, remember they all of their schools are on aircraft carriers, Tyler. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So actually, the winning's just an oil, and they need the oil for the aircraft carrier, <laughs> which is why we should invest in nuclear. I think someone did like an analysis and figured out what all the aircraft carriers the schools are actually. I can't remember what theirs is supposed to be. Uh, so girl we've never, se- I, guess, I shouldn't say never seen before, girl who got defeated last episode takes out her tablet and deletes all of the absences that sleepy girl had, including her excused absences. She's the uh, the hall monitor basically. <laughs> That's her thing. Yeah, the, they, they made a promise basically to be like, 
if you win this, I'll make sure that you don't get expelled. Held back. Hug ensues, and all the girls are happy. And they're all like, we'll do it again next year. Yay. Anyway, let's stay up all night fixing all these tanks, even though we're not doing anything tomorrow. That's the automotive club. That's what they do. I do. I'm not sure how the automotive club translates to fixing tanks, but hey, whatever. I do like that the uh, hippo tank club has the victory shout of hippo, hippo, hooray. (laughs) So Miho confronts Maho, and they're just very awkward at each other before eventually she gets a congratulations. I like how she says we didn't even come close. I'm like, yeah, you did. (laughs) You came very close. If you had waited like 12 seconds for your second in command. I mean, she seems like a bitch, but it still seems like the sound tactical strategy. I know it doesn't matter. It's not as big of a deal, but if I, this is also the first time we've seen this character smile. How much has she been, has she been on screen, though? She has kind of been on screen periodically, basically as like the build-up main antagonist type of thing. Kind what? of how Yuki is often on screen in Build Fighters. Okay. Sister, I finally found my That's, tankery. Yeah. My, my tank family. Well, say so dough is like the art of, right? So it's tank art. Yes. It's also something that all good girls that want to be wives do in this setting. <laughs> it's like being a shield maiden, except it's a tank maiden. Yes. Anyway, it's the end of Evangelion, and everyone is congratulating Shinji on- <laughs> Oh, wow. They actually self- had that one in congr- Russian. On discovering himself. And this random person is Miho and Maho's mom. <laughs> She's here. She's stoic at the sun. So Miho, Maho, and Momho? <laughs> I think her name is Shiho, actually. <laughs> well, she was also going to basically kick Miho out of the family for being a disgrace despite winning. You're too bad at tanks. Basically. Anyway, they go back to school and ask the tank commander to give some words of wisdom. And she's all like, I don't know, Panzer Vor? I guess that's a thing. <laughs> It's not a kink I'm looking up, but... <laughs> it's the thing that they say at the start, like, basically, go. Uh, and then we get last episode celebrations over the credits. Uh, they would be a lot more meaningful if I knew who any of these characters were or what their personality trait was. <laughs> their personality trait. Well, that's volleyball. Yeah, obviously. That's history. That's my favorite personality that's trait. That's gamers. Volleyball. Hall monitors. Mechanics. Uh, apparently, Panzer Vor means tanks to the front. Yeah. I assume in German? Yes, yeah. it's in German. And then they take a victory lap down Aircraft Carrier Road. Oh, they have a victory parade, I assume? Pretty much. That's where we stopped watching. Yes. <laughs> there is more. But wait, there's more. We were just in a hurry because I'm on a time limit tonight. I think it's pretty much just all, ba- you know, hey, characters. <laughs> we do get to see a, a jig dancing grandma. I'm sad we missed <laughs> that, that the first time. specifically, that's Mako's grandmother, who earlier in the series was in the hospital. Oh, yeah, and then someone asks, what do you want to do when we get bath? Well, take a bath, eat ice cream, and get in a tank. (laughs) Well, you're getting in a tank if you're taking a bath. It's more of a tub. And that's the end of Girls and Panzer. (laughs) Unless you want to watch their film, Das Finale, Das Finale, The Battle of Anzio. Double tank. Huh? I'm just trying to imagine any other random Girls and Panzer titles. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of fun. I wish it wasn't CGI. I, I know that's a petty complaint, but it is my biggest pet peeve in anime, especially with the vehicles. And it really highlights that the tank should not be moving that fast or like that to be in a way that like, that's the joke and I can appreciate that. But when you stack on this weird CGI on top of that, I just get sad about it. Weirdly enough, most of the th- stuff in the in the episode, like they're pretty faithful to how the tanks actually behave and all that. Just most of them are missing one crew member. But at the same time, like, that's the one place they're not supposed to be moving that fast. 
I, Things do not go that fast. We were talking about uh, the the Mario Kart bell going off, and I'm really sad that we don't ever get to see a tank burn out, uh, <laughs> which would be really funny for me. I don't think that ever happens. But I mean, in the movie, there is a moment where a tank jumps like 60 feet through the air. I think I saw that scene in the like the abridged dub thing. Uh, no, that was in the like Swedish polka that I sent you. Okay. Because yeah. that, that one of the characters is in that tank, and that's what they're playing through that whole sequence. It's a, it's the Finnish team, uh, which is a weird, like, actual thing, because that is the tank that canonically has the, like, record for the longest jump. Huh. Weird record to have for a tank. Yeah. Weird that that exists. Yeah. Do you have a high point, Jeremy? Uh, yes, I do, Jeremy. Thank you <laughs> for asking. My high point is the dumb, pl- the, realizing the, oh, it's like they put a tank on a tank, and she's like, Wait a minute. I can put a tank on a tank. <laughs> Do you have a high point, Tyler? Mine is actually specifically going to be the drifting tank because I think that's really dumb and I love it. <laughs> so. Zach? That is usually, that, that is mine too. But I think since Tyler took that one, I will go with the rabbit team taking out the two heavy tanks. Especially because I have context for at least the first one where they are literally watching an episode of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> I mean, even without that context, that's a pretty good gag. Her right, 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 right is like, I don't know if that's a pun in Japanese, but it is in English, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Do What's you have a low, low point, Jeremy? Yeah. Yes, I do, Jeremy. Thank you for asking. <laughs> My low point is the CGI tanks, especially when there's a CGI commander sticking out of them, and she looks it's the most uncanny valley possible. Oh. That is always a problem I have with CGI and stuff, is when you a lot of times try and make characters CGI that aren't normally CGI. I do actually have one that blends, that has actually a shot of a CGI character with a non-CGI character, which is unusual because usually they just CGI the whole thing. Season two of Witch from Mercury got enough budget to draw most of its mobile suits, but there are a couple from season one that are like, ah, oh, we're not drawing this. We got a CGI model. So there's some <laughs> of that in there. Well, I mean, the aerial still looked really, really well done, even in CGI. And, I liked it. And they redid the aerials paint and like weapon scheme for season two, and I'm 90% sure it's because I don't have to do CGI anymore. And selling toys is just the bonus this time (laughs) what's Uh, your low point tyler i think mine is going to be uh relying on the larger tank to not notice that they're driving over a retaining wall or have the mentality of if i'm going down i'm taking you with me and not expecting them to just turn left uh (laughs) that seems like a it's still a funny scene but also man that was easily avoidable that was a wily coyote mistake yeah, I, I, well, I mean, that is kind of how this series works is on Wiley e. Coyote logic. What's your low point, Zach? Uh, that's kind of hard for me to actually say because I like a lot of the stuff in this series. I think it might be the uh, the fact that we keep bl- uh, blinking back to the British team. Yeah, they add kind nothing of, to it. They've been kind of like the peanut gallery for a while, but like we know the American and the Russian teams are there, and Katusha is freaking hilarious whenever she's on screen. So yeah, like if the if the British team had like better insights or were doing like some sports commentary, that's a bold move, Cotton. Um, Instead I, of the weird like they're putting their lives on the line. What? I mean, yes, they are. They're all dead, but that's not in con- not in universe. So that that is probably my favorite conceit about this whole series. Is like this is something that should by all means kill everyone involved yeah no like i said i am i am sold on the premise of the show now that i've seen the opening sequence where clearly the animators are like oh yeah this is dumb and uh, like now i'm into it so do you have any other final thoughts 
It was fun. I don't think I, it was enough to make me watch the rest of this, but if you send me random clips, I will probably watch them. So <laughs> we'll see. I mean, this is a series that I have a fun, I've got like a funny sh- soft spot for, but I, this is one of those things that I have a weird soft spot for in the first place. Cause like, I also really like like strike witches in that high school fleet, which is kind of a similar vein in both cases. Aren't they by the same creative teams largely too? I'm or not am I sure. mistaken on that? I would believe it, but like those ones where it's like, this should, by all means, like, these are very lethal things, but in a weird way, they're not in this case. I guess it's just like the, I think the genre I, I heard someone describe it as at one point was uh, cute girls doing cute things. Yeah. With tanks, in this case. So, I find it really fun. Some of the characters are really fun. Like, uh, the Russian commander is hilarious. Like I said, we see her. She's the little girl on top of someone else's shoulders. She's hilarious. And just, it's a fun series all the way around. I wouldn't say it's, like, great. Like, we're not talking high art here. Like, clearly, someone liked this enough that it got three movies after it ended. Four movies after it ended. And I think the third, I think uh, the, the DOS finale is on, like, is in, it's doing it in parts. I think there might be a part four that's slated to come out. So. You get them to see Destiny can't even manage one movie. <laughs> So, yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot of fun. If you have a High Dive account, it's worth checking out. I mean, it's also only $5. I, I, but, man, High Dive is organized so poorly. God damn you, Netflix, for making everybody organize like you because you organize like shit. Yep, they influenced every company I worked at that did media. At least Crunchyroll lets you browse anime by alphabet, which gets more untenable every season, but at least it's <laughs> something. Yeah, I hate... It's so hard to browse anything on High Dive. I, if they just fixed their damn browsing thing, it'd be so much easier. But they do have a lot of movies on there as well, so that's that's helpful. All right. We will return next week with round two of the 2023 podcast Tenkaichi, Gara vs. Rock Lee, The Power of Youth Explodes.